0: Okay, and recording. What? We're recording a show. Oh. Duh,
1: dude. Well, I should have dressed better.
0: Hello and welcome to the second episode of BYOP, Bring Your Own Parachute.
1: Poetry, in fact. Yeah. And we're back by Opular Pemand. I'm Matt.
0: And this is Jean. And this is our cat.
1: And this is our pet turtle. She loves poetry, and so do we.
0: In case you missed our sexy first episode that was too hot for SoundCloud and almost broke the internet, the link is below in the metadata. I think it's fair to say that our first episode shocked the poetry world.
1: It is fair to say that.
0: Because it was shocking.
1: Yeah, it was shocking. I was shocked. Um, I was also shocked by how much touching fan mail we got, which we really enjoyed. And suggestions and ideas, if you have them, are also welcome, too. And here's a new assignment for you. If you like the show, you can share it and subscribe to it.
0: But why? Why should you subscribe?
1: Well, to hear handpicked poetry from around the globe.
0: And because it's the only poetry podcast co-hosted by a cat and a turtle.
1: On each show, we'll hear from some dead poets and some less dead poets. Then we'll also be joined by a special guest, And of course, you'll get to hang out with us. And you get great offers from our sponsors.
0: Today's show is brought to you by Softness. Softness. Is life rough? Try Softness. Softness. Things that are soft include cats, most dogs, and baby cheeks. But Softness Softness. can be found almost anywhere. Experience it today. Mmm, that's nice.
1: Today on the show, we're going to read a couple of poems by the poet Yusef Komunyaka. He's an American poet from Louisiana who's been publishing since the 70s, and he's kind of a big deal. So take it away, Jean.
0: Ode to the Maggot by Yusef Komunyaka Brother of the blowfly and godhead, you work magic over battlefields, in slabs of bad pork and flophouses. Yes, you go to the root of all things. You are sound and mathematical. Jesus Christ, you're merciless with the truth. Ontological and lustrous, you cast spells on beggars and kings behind the stone door of Caesar's tomb, or split trench in a field of ragweed. No decree or creed can outlaw you as you take every living thing apart. Little master of earth, No one gets to heaven without going through you first.
1: Hello. I have a poem for you today, or tonight, or whenever you're listening to this. It's called Water. It's by Ken Edwards, who is a British poet. And it's from a book of his that's coming out this year, which is called A Book With No Name. It's being put out by a press called Shearsman, which is also in the UK. And you should check it out, because I think it's pretty good. This poem... What can I say about this poem? This poem is unusual in that it's just a block of text, it's punctuated, it just has periods, which kind of function as these breaks, but it's just, you know, a solid square of text. Again, this is Water by Ken Edwards. Water. It is a belief. Everybody is entitled to it. It is a belief system. It underlies everything, but it is undetected. There is all to play, for it is an entitlement. It plays gently. It quenches. It plays, and the play of it is endless. It is a system. It is a system that quenches itself. But this system is endless. It is energy. It's undetected, but it's behind everything. It is hidden. It is behind the walls. It is underground, sleeping there. It is inside of us. Can you hear it? The moon tugs it are you listening to it there it goes again listen it is hidden on the moon it really is something the energy is really something it is something everybody knows it is something everybody knows but it's unknowable it is hidden on the moon and it sublimates on mars it escapes into deep space we get it from deep space we are made of it and we are unknowable we are moving who can know us It swirls and eddies, it takes the forms of torrents, vortices, and whirlpools. It has a transcendental element, so salts form in it, and we move with it as we form. It is key to the landscape, we say it transcends. It can't be contained. The domes are full of it. The tanks overspill. It's in the pipes. It's in the cesspools, gutters, drains, and pipes, but it can't be contained. It's coming through the pipes, but the pipes can't contain it any longer. It's coming from upstairs. It's coming down the walls. It's coming down everywhere. Where is it coming from? We don't know where it's coming from. It finds its own way. It finds a way. It escapes and finds a way. It finds a level. It has consequences. It finds its own way down. We can't tell the consequences where it all comes down. It soaks muslin and leaves traces. The floor is soaked with it, absolutely soaked. It leaves damage in its wake. Damage is formed by it. The consequential damage is incalculable. It lashes down without cease. It sweeps away villages. It can't be predicted. It has no color. No color can be observed in it, but it has a cadence. It is profound. Its cadence is profound. It has no color. It has a beautiful translucency with a shimmer in it, has no color, but what a shimmer. With the shimmer we disappear, we disappear into its profundity, into its vast depths, we are engulfed and disappear forever. We call it the ocean, but it lives in a glass.
0: The next poem we're going to hear was written by Pablo Neruda. It comes from his book Odas Elementales, Elemental Odes. Neruda is famous for his odes. He's written many of them. You may be familiar with "Ode to My Socks" or "Ode to the Watermelon." I'm going to read "Ode to Salt." I'll read the poem in its original Spanish first, and then I'll be reading a translation into English by Robert Bly. Oda a la sal. Esta sal del salero, yo la vi en los salares. Sé que no van a creerme, pero canta. Canta la sal, la piel de los salares. Canta con una boca ahogada por la tierra. Me estremecí en aquellas soledades cuando escuché la voz de la sal en el desierto. Cerca de Antofagasta. Toda la pampa salitrosa suena. Es una voz quebrada, un lastimero canto. Luego en sus cavidades, la sal gema, montaña de una luz enterrada, catedral transparente, cristal del mar, olvido de las olas. Y luego en cada mesa de este mundo, sal, tu substancia ágil, espolvoreando la luz vital sobre los alimentos. Preservadora de las antiguas bodegas del navío, descubridora fuiste en el océano, materia adelantada en los desconocidos abiertos senderos de la espuma. Polvo del mar, la lengua de ti recibe un beso de la noche marina. El gusto funde en cada sazonado manjar tu oceanía. Y así, la mínima, la minúscula ola del salero nos enseña no sólo su doméstica blancura, sino el sabor central del infinito. Ode to Salt I saw the salt in this shaker in the salt flats. I know you will never believe me, but it sings. The salt sings, the hide of the salt plains. It sings through a mouth smothered by earth. I shuddered in those deep solitudes when I heard the voice of the salt in the desert. Near Antofagasta, the entire salt plain speaks. It is a broken voice, a song full of grief. Then in its own minds, rock salt, a mountain of buried light, a cathedral through which light passes, crystal of the sea, abandoned by the waves. And then on every table on this earth, salt, your nimble body pouring out the vigorous light over our foods, preserver of the stores of ancient ships, you were an explorer in the ocean, substance, going first over the unknown, barely open roots of the sea foam. Dust of the sea, the tongue receives a kiss of the night sea from you. Taste recognizes the ocean in each salted morsel, and therefore the smallest, the tiniest wave of the shaker brings home to us not only your domestic whiteness, but the inward flavor of the infinite.
1: Greetings, fellow travelers. We're going to go way back in our time machine on this one, to 1637. What else was going on in 1637, you might wonder? I don't really know. Feudalism? Swordplay, maybe? Anyway, the poem I'd like to read is called Lycidas. It's by John Milton, who also wrote a poem you may have heard of called Paradise Freaking Lost. She later shortened to Paradise Lost. So this poem, Lycidas, was dedicated by Milton to a friend of his who drowned in the Irish Sea. Milton calls it a monody, but we would probably think of it more as an elegy today. So at their simplest, both are poems where one person laments another's death. So the poem itself is almost 200 lines long, which is too long to read here. So I'm going to read what I think is the best part, Lines 133 to 158, and I hope you enjoy them enough to go read the whole poem. Lycidas Return, Sicilian muse, and call the vales and bid them hither cast their bells and flowerets of a thousand hues. Ye valleys low, where the mild whispers use of shades, wanton winds, and gushing brooks on whose fresh lap the swart star sparely looks. Throw hither all your quaint enameled eyes that on the green turf suck the honeyed showers and purple all the ground with vernal flowers. Bring the wraith primrose that forsaken dies, the tufted crow-toe and pale jessamine, the white pink and the pansy freaked with jet, the glowing violet, the musk rose and the well-attired woodbine with cowslips wan that hang their pensive head and every flower that sad embroidery wears bid amaranthus all this beauty shed and daffodilies fill their cups with tears to strew the laureate hearse where lysed lies for so to interpose a little ease let our frail thoughts dally with false surmise i me whilst thee the shores and sounding seas wash far away, wherever thy bones are hurled, whether beyond the stormy Hebrides, where thou, perhaps under the whelming tide, visitest the bottom of the monstrous world. So, personally, I like this poem more each time I read it. I like the way it turns grief into all these different things, there are flowers, mythic figures, places from all over the world. It, it really builds something that's completely its own. Also for its time, the line length variation and rhyme irregularity are pretty odd. About a hundred years later, the cranky white guy critic Samuel Johnson, who we know better as Dr. Johnson, he thought this poem was a mess. But I think the, the variety in it makes it age a little better. I think it reads better to a modern reader. Anyway, to summarize, Dr. Johnson was wrong. Lycetus is for real. And I hope you enjoyed the time time travel. Folks, you're in for a treat. We have a real special guest in the studio today with us. We are very happy to have poet, novelist, and playwright, Cesar Vallejo with us today on BYOP. He's going to be reading poems from his book, Los Heraldos Negros, or in English, The Black Writers, which was published back in 1919. By all accounts, an incredible book. I'll just add that Cesar was born in Peru, though he's lived in political exile most of his life, mainly in France, and he's widely considered to be one of the most important poets in the 20th century. So, here we go. Godfather of surrealism, prince of the avant-garde, your friend and mine, César, welcome to BYOP. Hola, buenas tardes. We're very happy to have you here, but um, before we get started, we we heard something about you, and, and we just want to clarify before we go on.
0: Pues, antes de comenzar, hay un rumor que queremos aclarar.
1: ¿Rumor? So, um, I'm not sure how to put this. We heard that you were dead. Is there any truth to that?
0: Se dice por ahí que usted ya está muerto. ¿Es verdad?
2: Pues, no, aparentemente no. Aquí estoy.
0: He says apparently not. Ah,
1: well great. Um, so that's good enough for me. Let's, let's hear some poems.
2: Deshojación sagrada. Luna. Corona de una testa inmensa que te vas deshojando en sombras gualdas. Roja corona de un Jesús que piensa trágicamente dulce de esmeraldas. Luna. Alocado corazón celeste, ¿por qué bogas así, dentro la copa llena de vino azul, hacia el oeste, cual derrotada y dolorida popa? Luna, y a fuerza de volar en vano, te holocaustas en ópalos dispersos. Tú eres tal vez mi corazón gitano, que vaga en el azul, llorando versos.
0: I'm reading a translation of this poem into English by James Wright. A Divine Falling of Leaves Moon, royal crown of an enormous head, Dropping leaves into yellow shadows as you go. Red crown of a Jesus who broods, Tragically, softly over emeralds. Moon, reckless heart in heaven, Why do you row toward the west, In that cup filled with blue wine? whose hull is defeated and sad. Moon, it is no use flying away, so you go up in a flame of scattered opals. Maybe you are my heart, who is like a gypsy, who loafs in the sky, shedding palms like tears.
2: Rosa Blanca Me siento bien Ahora brilla un estoico hielo en mí Me da risa esta soga rubí que rechina en mi cuerpo. Soga sin fin, como una voluta descendente de mal. Soga sanguínea y zurda, formada de mil dagas en puntal. Que vaya así, trenzando sus rollos de crespón, y que ate el gato trémulo del miedo al nido helado, al último fogón. Yo ahora estoy sereno. White Rose I
1: feel all right. Now a stoical frost shines in me. It makes me laugh, this ruby colored rope that creaks in my body. Endless rope like a spiral descending from evil. Rope, bloody and clumsy, Shaped by a thousand waiting daggers. Because it goes in this way, braiding its rolls of funeral crepe, and because it ties the quivering cat of fear to the frozen nest, to the final fire. Now surrounded by light I am calm and out on my Pacific a shipwrecked coffin. Wow. That was excellent. I'm gonna I'm gonna Throw down a little Spanish.
2: Gracias, sorry. De nada. No, that was that was gracias wonderful. Gracias a usted. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for coming. Wow. Glad you can make it. I'm I'm glad you're alive. And thank you so much for for stopping in.
2: Gracias. Gracias. Yeah, gracias.
1: You.
0: Sperm Oil by Yusef Komunyaka Housed in a boom of blubber and bone, harpooned six times, the giant grew into a dynamo, hitched to six taut rope lines, skipping the boat across waves toward the blurry lighthouse. It bled out a long silence, but men and oilskins labored with hydraulics of light on water, walked its flank, and tore it down to a storeroom of Nantucket scrimshaw, Ballast, stone, or sledge, they bashed in the skull and lowered down the boy to haul up buckets of oil for candles that burned a slow, clean, white glow. At ten, he was almost a man, whose feet sank into the waxy muck of amber grease. His sweat dripped into a long hour. Big as a barrel, the head echoed, a temple knave. That's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening. Let's recap. We started with "Ode to the Maggot" by Yusuf Komanyaka. Mm-hmm. Then Matt read "Water" by Ken Edwards, which was a hell of a lot of fun.
1: I had a good time.
0: I read "Oda a la Sal," a.k.a. "Ode to Salt" by the preeminent and posteminent
1: hmm.
0: Pablo Neruda. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yeah, me
1: either.
0: Next, we kicked it old school with Lycidas. Hit it, Matt.
1: The Laureate hearse, Where Lysid Lies
0: by John Milton.
1: Our special guest today was Cesar Vallejo, who looks great for 124 years old. I was, I was really surprised. Uh, last we heard, he's headed to Paris, and you can look him up if you're there. Cesar read uh, Desojacion Sagrada and Rosa Blanca.
0: What a sweetheart.
1: Then Jean read the poem Sperm Oil by Yusef Komunyaka which was kind of gross. And kind of cool. Yeah. Our pet turtle and our sponsor would like to remind you to try
0: softness. softness.
1: Soft things include lamb's ears and velvet. Enjoy a little Softness. softness in your life today.
0: We've gotten pretty good at that.
1: Well, time to roll the credits. BYOP is produced by us for you.
0: Our cat answers the phones, and our turtle handles the catering. DJ Natural Flavors selects the jams. For complete poem and track listing, check the metadata, bruh. It's all there. Yours truly, Gene. And Matt. i uh-huh.